Raptors get set for the Indiana Pacers tonight. And uh, a chance with a victory this evening to finish this road trip that didn't start great, that seemed like it had a chance to go off the rails. There's a chance to go 500 on this road trip and could get back to 500 before playing a couple at home uh, on Sunday and Tuesday this weekend. Who would have thunk it, Jonesy, the way things were going, as I said initially, on that western portion of the trip? Yeah, started west, uh, went south, like literally, Memphis. <laughs> and figuratively. Yeah, and uh, and uh, like you said, a chance to get back to 500. Uh, tall order, though, uh, playing against the Pacers, a team that you've already beaten twice this year. And in, a, I guess, a game and a half in that sense, Eric, no Malcolm Brogdon. Like, he got hurt right. in the first game, and I think it was a quick turnaround, maybe two or three days in between games again. And, um, you know, they, Indiana played, and it was a tough one. Indiana played the second one without him. But um, a chance to get back to 500. And then that game Sunday against uh, Boston will be a tough one. You know, that first game back after the long road trip is is almost like, you know, almost another road game before you get acclimated. I'll have to talk to our guy, Johnny Russin, and, and he's got this incredible number that when the Raptors return home from a trip west of the Mississippi, that, that has four or more games west of the Mississippi, uh, their record is abominable <laughs> it's it's something like I, I don't know at one time it was now mind you a lot of that was the early years of the raptors too but mm-hmm. it was something like 40 and 100 and something or other like really 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 poor so let's see how they let's see how they do tonight uh let's see how they fare tonight and then you know it'd be nice for them to get back into familiar surroundings and uh boston's not exactly burning it up right now uh, just one game ahead of them in the standings so let's let's uh, let's see how it shakes down. But E, I feel good for you. E, I, I feel I feel good. I was watching the Bills last night, and I uh, we're going to put a camera in your living room. One of those, you know, like in in golf, they have the uh, they have the worm cam, so you can see the ball as it progresses toward the hoop, or yep. you know, they have the shot tracer, or 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 in uh, basketball, they have that the the low slash cam where it. it we're going to put a camera in Eric Smith's, um, I, I wouldn't even say man cave, no, football it's, it's den. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's football den, because I know your wife's a, your wife is a, a Packers fan, so I imagine at times there's some pretty colorful language coming from her too. So we're going to have to put a camera in the Eric Smith football den to watch Eric. And I was on with George Russick and, and Brent Gunning late last night uh, while the game was going on. And I figured, well, they called me because they didn't want to disturb you. And I could I could picture one of two things when George said the game started. Like I said, either Eric standing on the balcony with a drink in his hand and and uh, and a note to the Bills, or Eric dancing around his living room with a glass of wine, wearing his his uh, Josh Allen shirt or 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 Jim Kelly sweater or something like that jersey. But uh, I felt good for you last night. They 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 pulled it off. They played well. They did a good job for you. Well, Jonesy, I'll, I'll say this. There was no dancing in the house last night because I actually was was out, but I was watching the game. I, I went and saw, you know, the, the, the only the, – the, uh, this is a very sort of inside comment here. It, not an inside joke, but a very inside comment. So I'm going to give two guys a shout-out that might not have been expecting it. The only thing better than your buddy 
whose name is Harry Beard, which is one of the best names ever, is my barber's name being Harry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and saw my guy Harry last night and, and got a cut, and uh, we went and, and, and grabbed kind of a pre-Christmas dinner together uh, and had a, uh, had a pint and watched the first half of the game. And so I was, I was home in time for the second half, but by then, I mean, I was, already, I was already in chill mode in the sense that I knew it was in the bag. In fact, I, I hit up a, a, friend, a friend of mine that actually works for the Bills, and I know you've met him as well. And I texted him last night, and uh, before the game, before the game, not during the game. And I said, I said, if 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 for some reason they end up losing, then you can come at me and blame me. But I'm calling it. And I I did my my Charles Barkley in a text. I put guarantee, guarantee, yeah, guaranteed win night. So I just I I felt good about it. And that's why I think there's a lot of people today that are talking about that game, saying, you know what. They were supposed to win, so don't be dancing in the streets because you beat a bad New Orleans team that was ravaged by injuries and without their starting quarterback and Trevor Simeon, without their starting running back and Alvin Kamara and whatnot. But, Jones, you bring up the football. I want to turn this back to basketball for a second because we'll yeah, yeah. talk football later in the show. Yeah. But it brings up something else I've seen discussed or, or pontificated on social media in the last 12, 18 hours oh, or so. Oh, good wordy. You like that? Yeah, I like that. See, every Good once word. in a while, every once in a while, I'm, I, I, I I'm getting you to time. raise the level, brother. I'm getting you to raise the level. <laughs> Coach him up. Um, NBA Christmas Day games versus American Thanksgiving football games, and I think the only reason we 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 think that, or we've been conditioned, brainwashed to think that Thanksgiving is better is because it's a Thursday and there's games in the middle of the day. And whether it's pre-pandemic and we're at work, whether it's whether it's during the pandemic and some are at work and some are at home and doing work at home in their home office, whatever, it's a chance to watch football in the middle of the day. And I think for most sports fans, anytime you have a chance to watch a sporting event of any kind, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, hockey, or otherwise, in the middle of the day on a weekday, that just seems better, seems different, seems cool. But there's no way, no way, that the NBA would trot out a horrendous, horrendous team on Christmas Day. Like, due respect, they're not putting the magic on their Christmas Day games. They're not putting the rockets on Christmas Day. That first game yesterday, and we said it on our show yesterday. I I made the joke when we were were chatting with, uh, with, uh, who was it, I think Gary Gramling? When we were talking about... Like, who's going to watch the Bears and Lions other than fans in Chicago and Detroit, and it just happens to be on the TV for everybody else? If you had to choose, you would not be choosing to watch that game if it were on on a Sunday. The only reason you're watching is because it was Thanksgiving. But can you imagine the NBA, Jonesy, shining a spotlight on 1230, Christmas Day, the magic, the Rockets go toe-to-toe <laughs> in Houston? Are you, like, no. People would be like, what? No. No, no, I'm not watching that garbage. The NBA here, here, has it way better, right? The NFL needs to do yeah. something. They want to talk about their flex schedules. Flex the Thanksgiving Day games. Here's here's the thing about the NFL, though. Because they're, when it started, used to be only 12 or 14 games. We're up to 17 now. It It is, and it was, and still is, a channel stopper. Like, I know it's bad football, but it's one of, like, the 17 games that team will play all year, people wager all kinds of money. Shout out to our man, Cabby. And it stops channels. People like will watch bad football because they've got a bet on it or just because it's football. At, at the NBA, you're right. The NBA would never do that. that like they, they like to showcase certain teams, which is why we argue about 
who gets games on Christmas Day or who should have or how did they get a game or that, you know, don't you think these guys should have a game instead of them? And it, it, you're right in that sense, Eric. But somehow or other, uh, football is a channel stopper. People watch football. Like, you know, all the various networks in the U.S., you know, two two direction you against small brother state if it's on tv people are going to bet on it and people are going to watch it that's just unfortunately that's just the way it is but you're right the nba has it right and to your point about the middle of the day e i don't know if you caught this at all if you were old enough to do it but for me as a kid racing home from school in october to watch because uh, there was only one game of the week on anyway, but to watch uh, a 3.30 baseball game between, like, the World Series between the Mets and the Orioles, or... Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, like, it was, it was huge to watch, you know, the Cardinals and the Dodgers at, at you know, come home at lunchtime for, to have lunch, and, you know, you, you're, 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 my mom would make the lunch, and, oh, I get to watch, like, sit in front of the TV. Like, that was a big treat eat in front like no there's no tv on in the house when uh, back in the day when the, it's meal time but to have my sandwich in front of the tv watching baseball and like the worst thing was okay your sandwich is done let's go you got to get back to school you're going to be late it's like oh like i could throw the tantrum right get on the floor and pound and kick and scream but you're right though the middle of the day something about a sporting event in the middle of the day uh, because it holds importance. Even as much as people used to complain about the Raptors getting the first game on Saturday in the NBA playoffs, it's still the playoffs, man. And I know it's 12 or 12.30, but you're gassed up. By the time you get to the arena or you tune it in on the TV, it doesn't matter that it's the middle of the day. It's important, and that's why it's on. I, I hear you. I hear you. It's it's just that's the sports fan in us, right? It's yes. Something a chance to watch it at a time we don't normally get to see it, and and it kind of juices you up. The one thing I'll quickly say before we bring on our first guest is though I will, I will give the NFL credit in the sense that I like how they spread it out and space it out. Though I think the NBA has gone overboard. I'm good with three games. I don't need five games. I love basketball. Uh, I love Christmas, but. I don't need five games back to back to back going all the way from 12 o'clock until 1030 that night. Like to me, it's over two games. Yeah. To me, there two, should be eight. Three is fine, but you want two. I'm, I'm down with that as well. I, I would say the conference champions from the year before, you know, so. Yeah, I like that. Or, or the or some combination like a, a re, the first game is the two runners up in the east and the west. And the night game is a rematch of the NBA championship. Like, and that's how it used to be. One, two games, and they were great games. I remember at one year, Christmas Day, uh, we were ready to have dinner, and the Knicks were down by about 9,000 points to the Celtics. Larry Bird, Parrish, McHale, Dennis Johnson, and Ewing was like a one-man band. And the, the Knicks come back, and there was another another – uh, year that Bernard King scored 60, I think, in Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day. Like that's that's magical, and it's the only game on. You're not there's no overlap with another game. I if the NBA wanted wanted to go back to two, or as you said, maybe three. Uh, you know, one at one at around noon. Give me one at four, and then give me one at late at like eight 
I, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. I don't. I don't need five games, especially with teams that I don't think warrant those games. Well, the Raptors uh, getting set for a tilt tonight in Indiana against the Pacers. Uh, so it was an off night in Indy on American Thanksgiving. And, in fact, this is the second time in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so because I remember a few years back, and I, I wish I could have been there last night. That's a different topic for another day. We'll, we'll keep that aside. I, I wish I could have been there. I'm sure you do as well, Jonesy. But uh, I remember celebrating Thanksgiving with Matty D in Indianapolis, uh, the little steakhouse attached to the hotel, and having dinner with him and having some drinks with the whole crew later on in the evening and, and uh, ringing in the holiday and kind of the start to the uh, Christmas and slash holiday season for a lot of Americans as well. And we bring him into the mix now. Our friend, the television voice of the Toronto Raptors, Matt Devlin. Matty, happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you very much. How are you guys doing? All good, Matty. All good. What, what, did, what did you do to celebrate last night, Matty? You know what? We ended up getting in uh, from Memphis yesterday, and then uh, we actually had a client dinner uh, here uh, Jack Armstrong and I did. Um, and so we had that and then, um, you know, that was pretty much it. And, you know, it's the end of a very long road trip as, as you guys know, but, you know, fortunately a successful one, you know, with the victory against the Memphis Grizzlies. And so now, you know, really just getting set for this evening's game against the Indiana Pacers. Matt, um, (laughs) As you said, uh, I, I'm okay. They got two wins on the trip. I, I'm okay with it. But now, I think it's I think it's time to get um, a little greedy and and uh, try to even the record at 500 and even the trip at three and three. But before I ask you about the Pacers and what what has to happen tonight, uh, how much fun was it? And I know you're a baseball guy too. Coming home during the day. I don't know if you heard any of Eric and I talking before, but coming home during the day and having like playoff baseball on when you came home from school. How cool was that? Oh, it was always a lot of fun. And, you know, the other thing uh, growing up in the U.S., wherever you had a couple of different super stations, you had WGN and then TBS. And, you know, they provided some day games as well. That would be during, you know, the course of, you know, the summertime, whether it be weekend or this, you know, this week in baseball, right? You would always remember that. Um, and then from a basketball perspective, uh, you could always get some Hawk games on WTBS as a super station. And then also uh, on WGN, you'd get a lot of DePaul uh, basketball games. Uh, Terry Cummings, Mark Aguirre, you know, yeah. which was always a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking with Matt Devlin, television voice of the Toronto Raptors. Raptors in Indy getting set for the Pacers tonight. All right, let's shift the attention from the, uh, from the you know, looking down memory lane here, and let's look ahead to tonight. And as you said, Matt, at the end of a very long road trip. Uh, we, we talked about the, sa- the game on Sunday coming up for the Raptors against uh, the Celtics and how that's always the tough one, Matty, when you play that first yeah. game back home after a long trip. But I would argue that it's as equally tough to keep the focus and attention on the final game and realize, hey, trip's not over yet. As much as you want to be home, as much as you want this damn near two-week trip to be over, there's still business to attend to, and you can't afford to look past a Pacer squad, especially when we look right now how jammed up the East is in the standings, Matty, from, I don't know, like you want to look at the 6th, 7th seed right down to the 13th. It's really jammed up there, and games against the Pacers are going to be as important as games against the Celtics or anybody else. 
Well, there's no question. And I think if you go back and you and you look at it, because I was thinking the same thing, you come back off of this, you know, essentially what will be a 14-day trip, six games, and you think about your first game being this Sunday, Boston's going to be traveling in from San Antonio, which is I, I don't know if I've ever uh, remember you know, a team coming in and actually coming in from San Antonio and they're playing San Antonio this evening. So more than likely, you know, they'll spend the night and then tomorrow, you know, they'll fly in, you know, for the Raptors. I, and we talked about this the other night and, and we showed a graphic. I, I, I don't, you know, this is a young team. Um, you know, it's the third youngest as far as NBA experience with respect to games uh, you take Goran Dragic, who's played five games out of the mix, and it's the youngest team in the NBA. And here they are with a winning record on the road, and after today you have 12 of the next 15 at home, as both of you know. So, you know, I, I think that they're dialed in from a game perspective. I think that the second half was really impressive defensively. Um, you know, they really guarded. Uh, they, you know, I think they – did a really good job of eliminating, you know, deep uh, paint um, uh, drives and, and keeping, you know, the Grizzlies in front and, and, you know, limiting them to only 42 points in the second half. And so as you look to tonight against an Indiana team that's trying to turn things around as well, and they're starting to come together as they get more healthy, uh, and played the Lakers exceptionally well on Wednesday night. I think, you know, tonight could be a tough one. Um, but again, certainly, as you mentioned, a chance to go 500 and to be right in that 500 range is, is I think, um, you know, especially when you talk about a road trip like this, I think it's important. Uh, Matty, it's going to be tough, um, you know, on a couple fronts. You talk about that, the, you know, the end of the trip. Um, but, it's also tough to beat a guy three times in the space yeah. of like six weeks. Yeah. And and as we pointed out, there was no Malcolm Brogdon in basically a game and a half. And the yeah. Pacers have been better lately. They 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 really have. And you know, they people have to remember they're they've got a championship coach in Rick Carlisle. He's instituting a, a a new system. He's been fighting injuries and and they were right there with the Lakers the other night. So um what are some of the things you think in uh, looking for tonight that have to happen for Toronto to get the win? Well, I think, you know, as, you know, as we know when this team plays well, what do they do? They guard, right? And they guard right from the jump. And there's been two games where they've been really exceptional, and that was Sacramento and Memphis. And Memphis is, you know, coming in, you know, off of a really impressive win against Utah. They were feeling really good in that first half. They were comfortable running their stuff and, and you knew in that game that they're going to be able to get what the Raptors offensively are going to be able to get what they want, right? Because it's a team that, you know, doesn't guard all that much. Well, Indiana different. And I think that, you know, it's a situation tonight where, you know, you'd like to see them guard really from, you know, the jump and, and then, um, you know, continue to see, you know, this, these different units that the Raptors have had have some chemistry and I think it's affected their defense. And I don't know if you guys agree with that, but, you know, losing OG in the first game after, you know, he had a tremendous night and, and uh, Portland, um, you know, has been a factor. They've only, 
have three players that have played in every single game. So getting some of all that back, I think, has been huge. Ken Birch, you know, now being out with the swollen right knee again and Precious Achua, the way he played the other night, I think was, you know, certainly, uh, you know, impactful. But, you know, they're, they're, they're the little things that we all know about, right? You know, get on the glass, right, do well, you know, from a second-chance points perspective, you're going to have to deal with Miles Turner, which they've done a decent job, or a really good job, I should say, the, the first, you know, few times they played him. So um, it kind of goes back to um, what we know about this team. Guard, get out and run, um, and, and try to get, you know, some uh, opportunities in the open court. Speaking with Matt Devlin, television voice of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Raptors getting set for the Pacers tonight, and it's a, a double dip of Smith and Jones as we've got you right now, and we'll have the broadcast of the game later on this evening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan also. Matty, we're at the quarter point for pretty much every team, uh, you know, give or take a game. Uh, for the Raptors, this is their 20th game tonight. I'm not letting you pick Scotty Barnes. Who has been the most impressive slash surprising um, player to you over the first 20 games? For the Raptors? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I didn't know if you were thinking NBA or... or hey, because... give me your NBA guy then too, Matty. Well, the, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, that's a good question. I, um, You know, let me think here. I don't know that I've been surprised by anyone. Um, to me... You know, you said Scotty Barnes. I mean, Scotty to me um, has been uh, that player as far as just you could just see on a nightly basis that he's going to be a really special player. And so when I think about uh, the Raptors and, and uh, you know, that next person I would say would probably, because you know coming into this year, you know Fred, you know Pascal, you know OG, uh, so I would say Gary Trent Jr., and it would probably be more from a defensive standpoint, right? He leads the NBA in deflections. He's top five in steals. He's, you know, a player that um, has just really taken the challenge on from a defensive standpoint. So I would say Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, he's been uh, – Maddie. he's been – he has been a surprise to me too. I just – I just look at the way he's, he's – uh... He lets the game come to him offensively, something that we've talked about. He's, he, he hunts his shots in a non-aggressive, selfish way. You know, he, he, he runs the floor, uh, you know, sits down, hands ready. Shot prep is excellent. Uh, he can put it on the floor and break it down, but he doesn't do it unless other people have kind of touched the ball and, and the defense has been moving. He's just I, – I think he's a really good offensive player, Gary Trent Jr., and he's not – He's not he's not outwardly overtly selfish about it, and and that that fits into Nick's style so well. I, I think he does such a good job of moving the ball as well, and 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 trying to play for his teammates. And I think his defense has been terrific. Matt, what what did you make of Precious Achua in the last game? He, I mean, back in a place where it, home for him, and uh, he he showed out. He did, and and you think about his third quarter, then you think about. Um, you know, the fourth quarter for, you know, Fred and, and Gary, what they were able to do. I, you know, I think it was that, I think it was being back, I think ultimately in Memphis and, and, 
uh, he came out and showed the things that he had been working on, right? Because not known as a three-point shooter, um, you know, somebody that stepped in at 17 in the third quarter, he was sensational. Um, and from an offensive standpoint, uh, was really that guy that provided a tremendous lift. And so to me, you know, that was the thing that, that stood out. But sometimes it takes being back in a place that you've had success before. Um, and, you know, in talking to Nick about pressure, it's like, hey, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, 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 you know, certainly it did in the last game. And I just think the familiarity helped him out. Maddie, we appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, bring back some Chick Fil A on on the plane, and uh, make sure you're handing it out to everybody. I'll, I'll even eat it on Sunday. I I, uh, I would e I would have said bring back some dry rub from Rendezvous, but I know those have no chance with Matt around. No chance. That, that's that's right. That's right. There's there's uh, no chance for that. You got that right. And so, uh, well, look at thank you very much. I know e you're ecstatic about your Buffalo Bills. And yes, so uh, we'll let you rejoice in all of that. I uh, I'll be I'll be on my high horse for for most of the day, most of the weekend. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and, ten uh, days. Yeah, well, you're yeah, right. Ten week days. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm, just incorrigible for the next uh, week and a half here, Jonesy. I, I am. I am. T- Matt and I are working on the rights to the uh, the hidden camera. Uh, like Big Brother is watching camera for Eric Smith during Bills football games. We're gonna make a killing off that pay per view event. Absolutely. Hey, they're winning the division. That's all I know. They're winning the division. <laughs> all right, Matty. Appreciate the time. All, all right, right, Matt. All right. Cheers. Bye. There's Matt Devlin, television voice of the Toronto Raptors. Again, Raptors and Pacers tonight. And uh, Jonesy and I will have the call right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan as well. Uh, we're going to have a special guest joining us in a couple of minutes. Not that, it, not that he's more special than any other guest. All of our guests are special. But we're going to hook up with superfan Nav Batia uh, and hear about just his story, his life. You all know Nav. But at the same time, do you know where it all started? And he's got a documentary that premiered last week in Vancouver. The Toronto premiere is coming up uh, this week, or, or I guess early next week. And uh, we're going to talk to Nav about, uh, about his film. But before we step aside here for a minute, Jonesy, uh, I think you probably saw the news yesterday, folks. If you didn't, I wanted to pass it along. And I, I apologize. I should probably know the proper pronunciation. But as, as Jonesy can attest to, my pronunci- pronunciation, see, I can't even get that word out. Of the English language sometimes isn't even great. So when I'm trying to talk about Spanish basketball teams, is it Garona or Girona? But either way, the club that Mark Gasol founded back in 2014, it's in the second division of Spanish basketball, Gasol announced yesterday that he is going to play until the end of the season with the team that he founded. He is the owner and the president and now he's a player. I'm not sure if that's ever happened in any sport anywhere in the world where the owner and the president is also a player. Outside of Jackie Moon, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know if this has ever happened, Jonesy. So Marc Gasol is going to continue to play. And what really stood out to me about this one quick little blurb on this story that I saw from Associated Press out of Madrid, here's the line. Gasol played last season with the Los Angeles Lakers after spending most of his NBA career with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, are you forgetting that he won an NBA championship? Exactly. With the Toronto like, Raptors? What do you play for to win a championship? <laughs> oh, by the way, we forgot to say that he did win an NBA championship with who? Oh, uh, yeah, that would be Toronto. Yeah, yeah. You know, it would be the cool story to all this too. Is is Powell officially retired uh, last month? I mean, he's kind of been done from an NBA perspective for a while. He, he tried. Folks might not remember this. He tried hanging on still, 
with Milwaukee, if you recall, and never yeah. ultimately was able to, to get on the floor, uh, and then ended up playing in Spain as well before officially stepping aside. How cool would it be if the president and owner slash player can convince the brother, hey, you know what, why don't you suit up for a couple of months, even a few games, and let's finish our careers together. Like, forget your retirement. Like, come out of retirement and join me and have the Gasol brothers together in Spain playing, you know, one last hurrah. I think that would be awesome. That would be cool. That, w- that would be cool. I mean, they were they were traded for each other, uh, and, and it was interesting that uh, that night it happened, uh, the Lakers made the trade for Pau Gasol and traded Mark Gasol to Memphis they were in Toronto, and I remember people rushing to Kobe right away. Well, you always said you got no help. You're going to get somebody now, and and it was interesting to hear Kobe's reaction. But, yeah, the two brothers traded for each other, and then, you know, then Mark goes to the team that Powell won championships with after he won his championship. That would be cool to have them playing together just for a little bit. That would be his- historical, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Either way, still a cool story with president, owner, and player. Marc Gasol still, uh, still playing over in Madrid. All right, we're going to step aside for a moment. Make sure, folks, if you like Smith & Jones, you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review the show as well. Back with Nav Bhatia, the super fan on Smith & Jones. on Smith & Jones. Eric Smith, Paul Jones with you. If you like the show, subscribe to Smith & Jones wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review the show as well. What a perfect promo right before we came back live on the air. You heard it. The the, the big voice telling you about Superfan, the Nav Batia story. The Toronto premiere on November 29th at the Elgin Theatre and it will premiere on CBC Gem as well, coming up later on next week. And the man himself joining us on the line right now, superfan Nav Bhatia. Nav, how are you doing today? Good morning, guys. Good morning, Eric and Paul. How are you doing, Nav? I'm good, my brothers. I'm good. Nav, uh, we'll try and dig in here the next 15, 20 minutes to what you guys cover in uh, about an hour in the uh, in the in the in the film in the documentary, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it on Monday. Now, for for everybody knows who you are, and they know the super fan, and they know the guy courtside who's been there from day one with the Raptors. But let's rewind. What about Little Nav? Tell us how it all started, and how you came to to come to Canada, and the the passion for basketball. Just give us the the quick synopsis of of your life that you know brought you to where you are today. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I, in 1984, which was a very, very tough time for Sikhs in India because there were riots going on. There was a genocide going on. And all the Sikhs, you know, everybody knows I'm a Sikh. I wear a turban and beard. And, uh, you know, at that time, uh, no Sikh was safe in uh, India, especially in New Delhi, where they were burning the Sikhs with the burning tires. They were killing the Sikhs. And a lot of Sikhs were massacred during that time. And uh, at that's the time when all the most of the businesses for the Sikhs were burned and all that. So and ours was done. So we decided as a family to move to uh, move out. And me and my wife were the first one to come to Canada. Lucky enough to get the visa here. 
and uh, basically started my journey from Moulton, landed in Moulton, and uh, got an apartment for $340, and was the happiest guy because it was the safest place, and uh, that's where my story started. Uh, now, you, 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 some people might know, but um, you really had to, 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 to beat the pavement and, and work hard just to establish yourselves. I mean, you, you, you had your apartment, but just even finding a job and, and the stuff you went through to find yourself employment in, this, in your new country was difficult. You know, it was. You know, like I said, finding a job was an entirely a different story. Nobody wanted to hire a Sikh uh, with a turban, a guy with a turban and beard as a mechanical engineer. So I was uh, doing odd jobs. Uh, uh, Paul, me and you have discussed personally so many times, Sikhs are very, oh, yeah. uh, you oh, know, yeah. Sikhs are very, very uh, sort of uh, proud people and we don't ask for the handout. So what I did was I was the, I did some janitorial job and the landscaping job and the painting job, odd jobs to make my ends meet. But let me tell you, I was a proud janitor, and I probably was the best janitor in the country because once I cleaned the toilets, nobody could find a spot on it. And finally, you know, finally I got a job as a car salesman at Rexdale Hyundai. And that, again, was uh, the very first day in, and this is 84. I'm taking you 37 years back. You know, I go join my first job, and what happens is I, call, I, was, I was called various names. I was called... Uh, you know, towel head, turban head, dapper head, and Paki. I mean, I understood all the other names, but I didn't understand why they're calling me Paki because I'm not from Pakistan. I'm from India. But later I found it was not a good thing. So, you know, that's a started. But that was that day was one of my lowest days in my life, but also the most motivating day because on that day I committed to myself now, if you got to survive in this environment, you got to be better than good. And that's what I did with God's grace. I sold 127 cars in three months, which was a record then and a record now. So, you know, and after that, you know, you know, the rest is history. And don't ask me too many questions about it because you're going to spoil the movie for the other people. You're going to, like Eric said, he wants to get the movie thing in 15 minutes. Eric, why would you do that to me? <laughs> hey, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to sell tickets for you, man. Like, because it's one thing no, no, to hear no the selling. story. You want to. You want to see no the story, Nev. Hey, it's no selling of the tickets. It's only by the invite. We had eight thousand requests uh, for this movie. We are already full, and uh, so you don't need to sell. So make sure don't ask me to sp uh, spill the uh, beans and uh, tell the story. All right. Let the people enjoy the movie. All right, now, and and I know, and and I know, and Eric and I are lucky to be invited to the premiere. But um, I, I want to say this: behind every successful person, and and I know you, and and again, it'll come out in the movie. All of the other stuff you've done, and and the stuff you've done for people, uh, you're very good at at sending. You're a car guy. You send the taxi back for other people to help them get to where you are too, and and really help. And one of the people. He's your ride-or-die guy, Rinku Deswal. Rinku is right there with you. Talk to us about the importance of, of Rinku as, a, as, a, you know, as your, as your ride-or-die, as your guy. I mean, I, yeah. I've, been out to, I've been out to the office, and um, that place is a, is a gem. It's hidden. It's like the Batcave, man. I, I know I was behind the curtain a couple weeks ago, and I know everything that's coming down the pipe. But talk to us about Rinku and how important he's been to you with all the work that's happening. 
Well, you know what? I tell you that everybody says, you know, there's a saying that behind every successful man, there is a woman. Well, in my case, there are three women and a, and a Rinku. Uh, you know, my wife, my daughter, my mother, and Rinku. And I tell you one thing, six years ago, when I was a super fan and all was going good, and Rinku comes to me and says, Nav, what do you want to do in the rest of your life? I said, I want to inspire the kids. I want to reach out to the underprivileged kids, and I want to inspire them. And he, I said, and I, he said, well, let me manage you, and let's take it to the next level. And we had a... 10 years plan, but I think we have done that in four years, five years. God is good to us. And, uh, you know, I wanted to build basketball courts. You have been to my basketball courts, which we have built in Malton. We wanted to build washrooms for the girls in India, in the poor area, where the girls don't have the choice, but to drop out of the school at the age of 11 when their period starts. So, you know, we build the washroom and the girls are continuing their education. So, we are taking the poverty, stopping the poverty cycle there. So Rinku has been, and I told Rinku, I said, Rinku, I want somebody who wants to be very passionate, just like I am about these things, and I want somebody who's not greedy. You know, you saw that foundation office, uh, Paul, the two weeks ago, and we have spent all the money, personal money on that thing, and basically we are just trying to do the things, and we had a, we want to inspire, we want to touch the people who need the help, and uh, that's what I want to do my rest of my life, bring the world together through the game of basketball. Speaking with superfan Nav Bhatia, Nav, I, I want to take what you were just saying there and, and go back to a couple of minutes ago when you were talking about first coming over and in, in 84 and, and searching for that, that job and, and searching for that first opportunity, that true opportunity. Um, sadly, uh, it, it's, it's something that's still prevalent today uh, as it was 37 years ago. But how do you put your head down and keep a smile on your face through the hatred and the bigotry and the racism and everything else to continue to power through and to, to turn yourself into something and to, as you just said, want to inspire, etc. I mean, a, a lot of other people, that would put them the exact opposite way. They would become more distant, more hateful themselves, angry. Uh, there'd be a lot of disdain. They'd be pushing back. I mean, what is it in you or the way you were raised that, that, that mm. you know, you chose the other path to kind of turn the other cheek? Well, let me tell you one thing. Uh, when somebody goes low, we are Canadians and I'm a Sikh, you go high. And you fight hate with love. You know, so that's what I do. An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. So I don't want that. So we want to make sure that you know, we go high when somebody is going low. And that's what, and I don't call all these words you use, the hatred, the discrimination and all that. I call them speed bumps in life. And I have few of them. We have few of them speed bumps. And I always find a solution in my own way, the way I handle it. And that's, you know, conquer the world with love. Nav, you, your love, your, your personality um, you know, both you and Rinku has has reached out to so many people in the sports world. Um, you know, visiting players. I, I I always marvel when Eric and I stand over from where we call the games and we look over and there's, you know, well, some of the guys you know. I mean, uh, you know, we see Demar, but some of the stars on the opposing teams have heard about your work, uh, what you guys have done. 
in in contributing and helping the world and they're always over to to come and and chat with you and talk with you and uh, is it safe to say that they're willing to be on board with you and and you enlist their help in in helping things go forward to to spread this plan well let me tell you one thing a very actually touching thing happened to me when detroit was in town you know there is a kid by the name of kate cunningham cc and i believe he was number one draft this in this year pick and he comes to me and uh, it was he's i mean this kid is an amazing kid he comes to me and uh, i i thought i'm introducing myself i said i'm super fan here and i'm not bought yet this and that he says sir don't tell me about you i know the whole story about you when i when i was growing up i knew your story but it's so good to see you and man he knew everything about me that's some of the other this is kate cunningham one of the you know number one pick in the league and uh, talking about me like that i was touched by that Speaking with Nav Bhatia. See, Nav, you, 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 did you did you bust his chops? You know, for for telling your story and knowing your story. You you coming after me here, Nav, for trying to <laughs> tell your story, get it out here, and and and, and listen. Kate Cunningham's still going to watch the documentary. He's still going to he's still going to watch the movie. Um, Nav, clearly, I'm 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 joking with you and having some fun here. Shame on Jonesy and I for maybe not even getting to the the number one question of all. Uh, aside from when you came over and and when you first you know planted roots here. How slash why did the love for the Raptors start, and how did the super fan come to be? Well, let me tell you one thing. You know, uh, I was working since '84. I was uh, and '95. I was just doing three things: work, more work, and more work. I used to work hundred <laughs> hours a week in the car business, and car business can be stressing. Any business can be stressing, especially car business. So at that time, I used to watch TV and watch the great Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Dr. J, and all these guys, Magic Johnson, all these guys, Isaiah Thomas, all these guys, I used to see them on television. In 95, when the Raptors came, I decided to buy two tickets and say, I'm going to try the Raptors. I'm going to try the Raptors on and watch it for a season. And if it doesn't work next year, I won't renew the tickets. But I tell you one thing. I fell in love with the team, with the sports, because this is the most exciting sports in the world. It's the fastest and the most entertaining the way NBA has designed it. And after since then, the very first day, I've never missed a minute of this game. And I'm a, you know... Uh, there were, uh, and in 98, 99, Isaiah Thomas, uh, our VP and general manager at the time, one day called me in the middle of the court at Sky Dome and uh, gave me the jersey number one and changed my life. Nav, you, I, I mean, I remember meeting you down at the dome uh, when when the Raptors first started because there were so many people that were basketball fans here that. It, it had finally come to Toronto and there were a lot of other people just kind of coming on board. How have you been able to, I mean, you're a big part of the growth of the game too. We talk about, you know, the players and the coaching and the fan base expanding and, you know, uh, broadcast people and, and writers and everybody spreading the word about the game. Uh, what, what has been your favorite part about doing that now? Well, my part has been, you know what, in 1980, 1908 and 1999, when I was uh, uh, made, I got the title of Super Fan from Isaiah Thomas. 
I, I, I was riding high, you know, very high. I was, uh, and then one day I came back to Mother Earth again when, when I went to fix my phone. And uh, I was looking good, wearing good suit and all that and tie and all that. And this guy, Caucasian guy who was on the phone getting, he just turned at me and said, and he was on the phone with his wife and says, honey, I got to go. My cab is here. He taught me as a cab driver. And uh, which was, I didn't get upset with him because it was not, uh, it was not uh, about that he considered me as a cabbie. But I was upset with my religious leaders and my community that they have not done enough to uh, integrate the, our Sikhs into the mainstream or the South Asians into the mainstream. And I remember on that day, the next day, I went to the Raptors and bought 3,000 tickets. And I said that I want to um, uh, celebrate our New Year's, the Bisaki, on the courts in the Raptors. And, uh, you know, everybody was surprised, but that's the time when I brought kids from Sikhs. I brought Hindus. I brought Muslims. I brought Christians. I brought kids from Jane and Finch. I brought 3,000 kids and filled up the arena. And uh, and that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I want to bring the people together. It doesn't matter what color, because color or race or religion they are. Deep inside, we are all the same. And, you know, where the word uh, where in the world I would be on a show with Paul and Eric other than in Canada. That only can happen in Canada, you know. I love you guys. I've followed you guys, you know, known you guys for such a long time. You are amazing guys. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is Canada, which gives us the opportunity. I'm a proud, very proud Canadian also that it has happened here. It is very different from 84, 85, even 95 to now. And like Eric said, that it happens still. Yes, it still happens, but we have to continue. We have to continue taking this and keep on changing the hate into love. You, you know the story about Milwaukee fan, what happened, you know. And, uh, you know, we changed that. And that's what we'll continue doing. Now, if, listen, we, we appreciate you coming on today and, and, and sharing a little little piece of your story with us, and we look forward to, to watching it in full on Monday at the premiere and, and folks uh, that are listening right now that will be able to watch it uh, beginning next week uh, on CBC Gem as well. Uh, look forward to seeing you on Sunday yeah. down at the game as well. And, and listen, I'll tell you, I know you still look good in a suit, but we don't see you in suits very often anymore. It's the jersey no, no, and it's no, the no. kicks. It's the kicks yeah, now, yeah. man. No, you, no, no, whoever's whoever's yeah. helping you with your shoe game, I guess that's Rinku because, man, you're always decked out. Yeah, well, that Rinku does a lot of things for me. He travels with me every game, you know, when I go away. And uh, so as Rinku is the one who knows me the most from my uh, life, you know, for my life journey in the last six, seven years especially. But I want to let you know, Rinku knows of me from the last 20 years. Uh, uh, but I want to tell you one secret before I go. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Eric, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a scoop on your show, Paul and Eric, or Eric and Paul show here this summer. My first Superfan celebrity camp is going to happen, and it will be all the ballers, the previous ballers, you know, the veterans and all the retired ballers. They are going to come, and we are going to work with the kids. Paul, you have been to that uh, court. Yeah. 250 people, 200 kids play there all the time now, and uh, we are going to do that. That particular four courts, we are going to bring a lot of big-time ballers there and make sure we inspire the kids. Well, Nav, I've already you, 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 you whispered that one to me already, and I told you, 
I, I'm in, and I can say that if you need him, Eric will be in too because uh, what you're doing to help kids, uh, to see a court in that part of Malton, uh, and and uh, I, I know that it's well looked after. Um, people respect it. It gives the place the kids a place to go and a place to play. Uh, like I said, back in the day, there were no outdoor courts. You had to go a long way to find one, and that's a, that's a beautiful outdoor facility with all those courts and and uh, I know they're well looked after and the community appreciates it. So good good for you. And we're always in. We're always down to help. And I want to tell you, Paul, that I go there. And uh, now it's a little bit cold. But before that, I used to go there on Saturday and Sunday and spend the time with the kids there. You know, and yep. on Thanksgiving, we, we, we had the Thanksgiving dinner together. So I just want to let you know that... Uh, Everybody, I want them to watch the film because it's going to be, they're going to relate to the film. And you will find out that it's about a promise I made to my mother when I was 16 years old. So make sure you all watch December the 3rd, 9 p.m. nationwide on CBC. Please help me spread that word because this is going to be good for the kids. It's going to inspire for the kids. And they're going to say, if the super fan, this guy can do it, they can do it. And that's what I want them to have the feeling that in Canada, we can do whatever we want. Nav, we appreciate you joining us today. All the best, and uh, we'll see you real soon. Thank you very much. See you on Monday. Thanks, Nav. There is Nav Batia. Uh, the super fan. And again, as he just mentioned, December 3rd, 9 p.m. on CBC. It'll be on the CBC Gem app as well. And uh, the Toronto premiere coming up on Monday, the 29th in Toronto. Uh, folks, Smith & Jones, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review as well.